When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski, joined by Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabassi. Hello, fellas. Happy Throwback Thursday. Happy birthday, Steve Larmer. He will be the subject of our Throwback Thursday topic today. We've also got game one of the Stanley Cup final to react to. It lived up to every bit of the hype and little programming notes and big news on monday's show we're going to be joined by turner sports's liam McHugh. he's going to join us uh, on the show monday at 11 so make sure you uh, set a reminder for that we're going to talk stanley cup we're going to talk broadcast we're going to talk about all things hockey it might slip in some notre dame conversation there if you guys don't mind a little bit thanks nope not allowed damn it oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right fine i was gonna say go for it but yeah no, it's probably not the best thing to do. Like we're not niche enough, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you got to throw in another niche team for everybody. Hey, hey guys, uh, I love this live. Uh, I I love being live because um, I made the small mistake of realizing uh, my computer is about to die. So give me one second, I'll find my charger. <laughs> yes, awesome. Uh, That's the amazing. Of, of the power of live YouTube television. <laughs> Uh, I I, I, th- I thought I chose the perfect hat for Throwback Thursday. I was like, hmm, I don't want to comb my hair. Hey, I've got an Expos hat that fits the theme. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a good look. I, I love one the of my Expos favorite hats of all time. I have the homage brand uh, Expos T-shirt, which is one of my favorites, one of my go-to's. So that's a lot of fun. Well, let's have a meeting with b- before Mario gets back. Um, do we want to start with Steve Larmer or do we want to start with Game One? I think we, we we should start with the the Stanley Cup final and and you know go through that and then uh, end on a high note with our uh, our good buddy Steve Larmer. Well, before we even get to the game, uh, watching that whole thing like on social media as a employee of CHGO just made me really excited because watching everything go down at DNVR is just kind of yeah. a window into the future when eventually we do get our sports bar and all those things start to align and the Hawks maybe get good again and, and become contenders again, watching the DNVR crew and the fans in the building just lose their minds. I miss that, man. I really miss that yeah. drama and the, you know, every second your heart's ripping out of your chest because of stress. And we've seen the Hawks so many times, you know, get out to an early lead and then give it up and then have to get it. Like, man, I've, I was, I was sort of living and dying with our DNVR, uh, compatriots and it was it was something man that game was everything it was supposed to be and more yeah that that was a lot a lot of yeah. fun yeah but how about the fact that we uh purchased a uh, malort for them for their bar and that they was did nice. the shots according according to our little chat going on with our buddies they actually did oh, yeah. the, uh the shots uh adam <laughs> believe referred to it as licking a nine bolt battery but you yes. know 
That's that's the allure. I mean, the one thing I miss, like Malort, is the one thing I miss most about drinking. I loved I loved a good shot of Malort back in the day. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So just for the people who are uh, listening to the podcast, we sent them four bottles of Malort because they need four more wins. So hopefully, last night they finished bottle one, and they got three more to go. Or that you know they could save one and maybe pour it into the cup if the cup comes to the Ooh, DMVR bar. That'd that's gonna cool. just tar like all the all the uh, all the silver is gonna disintegrate and it's gonna no. Get, gonna what rust. that's gonna do is it's gonna kill all the syphilis that that cup has over the years. Thin's <laughs> done. Well done. Hey that's Mario's true. back. Hey Mario. I like, one of my hey. favorite things is people describing the taste of Malort and like licking the nine volt battery is one I hadn't heard before. Uh, somebody on their Twitter yesterday said it's like chewing on a, a grapefruit rind. Quit complaining. It's not that bad. See, to me, I don't dislike the taste of Malort. What I dislike about it is it won't go away. Yeah. No matter Sticks what around. I do, it is there. It's one of those <laughs> things that once you know what's coming, it's quite enjoyable, actually. At least it used to be for me. Um, and, uh, it's the 30 some, minutes after, like, I, like Jay said. The, well, you know, if you just keep doing more and more shots, then you don't have to worry about it. You know, what's the per perfect Malort chaser? Another shot of Malort. <laughs> shot of Malort. The last yeah. one I did was in this very spot on uh, draft night for the uh, Bears. And because DNVR is tasting we, we, it. Yeah, because Nick picked the right guy, Kyler Gordon. He had s said the Bears were going to take him. Apparently, DNVR, they said, hey, when we pick a correct guy, we do shots of uh, it over here. So you guys have to do a shot of Malort. So we mm. got those out, and that was delicious. Well, you're giving us ideas <laughs> for our draft show, and I then, guess. And then we had three more hours of draft show, and I was just sitting here just like trying to lick a wall or something next to me. <laughs> Well, since, since I don't drink anymore, if we're going to do shots, I'll gladly do something that I would find equally as disgusting. If you guys do shots of something, I will do a shot of like pickle juice because that will make me Ooh, gag. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team. If we got to do something <laughs> terrible, since I don't drink alcohol anymore, I'll do a shot of pickle juice. And then pickle you juice, you won't get cramps taste. if you're drinking your pickle That's juice. That's true. Yeah, but I also don't run marathons, so I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, right. I will. Uh, my sacrifice will be I will eat a salad. <laughs> Jay, oh. Jay, Jay, have I gone too far? A taco salad, a taco salad. Oh, okay. there go. <laughs> we got to ease into it. Buffalo chicken salad with extra blue cheese dressing. Please. <laughs> Double fry that shell, please. Yeah. Well, Mario, before you jumped in, we were just sort of talking about um, watching from afar the DNVR crew celebrate and yeah. now sort of getting to the game and, you know, doing our previews, trying to pick a winner. We saw it. It's it is going to be like this every game. And it felt like for the first period and a half, maybe maybe not that much, but almost that much. Colorado had Tampa on their heels. They were all yeah. over them. And the four check was incredible. And the back check that the avalanche put forth was terrific. There were so many plays that Tampa had ready to make, you know, across. Like you could see it like your hockey trained brain saw the pass coming, saw the the shooting opportunity come and there was almost always an avalanche defender there to take that pass away. They played so disciplined in every zone. I think Jared Bednar definitely deserves some credit for the way he coached that game. Yeah. But like Tampa, like the undertaker, like Jason Voorhees, they are <laughs> never dead. They're never dead. That game looked bothered. like, it looked like a laugher. It looked yeah. like a laugher. Vasilevsky was bad. Colorado was all over them. And then all of a sudden it's overtime. It's yeah, crazy. Two goals in what, like a minute or something yeah. to, to tie the game. 
I mean, anybody who thought the lightning, like I know we were having, we were chatting with some of our DNV people uh, in our, on our Slack last night. And, you know, when it was two, nothing, it was like, there were people that were like, Oh, this series is over. I'm like, I have you, have, have you guys watched <laughs> at all? Like, if you think that Tampa is going to roll over because they're down two goals after one period of game one, you then then you deserve the disappointment that this game has to go to overtime. Thankfully for the Denver crew, that overtime didn't last very long. Nope. Um, meanwhile, I'm sitting here in Chicago going, I want five overtimes, my friend. I want to <laughs> right, yeah. two o'clock in the morning. I don't give a, you know, I, I want Denver. I want the avalanche to win for our Denver crew for the motherland you know, for our, our, our headquarters, it'd be, it'd be great for them. Uh, and I like the team, but overall, I really don't care if Tampa wins, I'm not going to be brokenhearted. You know, I just want a great series and so far so good, but I was just like, entertain me. Let's go all night long. You've got two <laughs> days off. There's an extra day off till game two play right, yeah. six overtimes. And then like a minute and a half in, it's over. I'm like, and Denver's going crazy. The DNVR sports bar is going nuts. I'm going, Oh man, I wanted like two more hours of this. <laughs> AJ yeah. in the chat says game one was chef's kiss. Good. Hook this up to my veins. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. Like, I, and I, 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 and I can see it only getting better as these teams get more familiar with each other. And then the right. chess match of the adjustments start to come in and, and, you know, we get, we're going to get a different hero every night. And then the, you know, the bad blood starts to, uh, you know, yep. starts to come to the surface and you start getting some, uh, some, some chippiness in the, in the series to an extent is always good, uh, for, for a Stanley cup final. And, it, you know, these, these are not two teams that are, you know, battle hardened and, uh, you know, against one another, but it is, you know, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to come when, when the cup is on the line. So it'll be, uh, you know, give, give it, give it another, you know, another few periods and the, uh, the, the, the intensity will, will ramp up. And yeah, I think, you know, Colorado jumped off to, to the start that they needed. And I mean, you, you, you can see how Tampa, how resilient they are to come back and, and, and tie the game force overtime. But uh, I, I really do think Colorado, you know, game one, game one, you know, it's, it, it can go either way, but I really do think you saw it last night. Um, at least for me, I saw why, you know, I, I believe Colorado has enough to, uh, to get over Tampa in the series. That's the beauty of, you know, underdog stories are cool. And would the Rangers beating the Lightning be a great story? Yes. But now we get to see the two best teams in the league go at it. And yeah. we don't have now a Stanley Cup final like 2014 when it was whoever won between the Hawks and Kings was going to win the Cup and they just trounced the Rangers. Now you've got the two best going at it. And one thing that really impressed me about Colorado, too, is if you were to predict like, okay, you know, game one scenarios, you would think it would be Tampa, the aggressor, Colorado on their heels a little bit. The pressure is kind of on Colorado here. They're at home. They've got the nerves. They've been waiting. They had every excuse to not be ready to come out and, and, and start Long that game. Layoff. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. But instead the script was flipped and I just could not believe how ready to go. The abs were and just like, We've said it about them. We we talked about it yesterday, and and kind of throughout the playoffs, like it feels like their time. They've had their their losses when they were expected to win. They've had their hard lessons, and now it just feels like their time. And look, of course, Tampa can win this series, but I just have to say, like, really impressed with Colorado's start, and then to win the game after blowing that lead, that speaks to the resilience as well. 
like a lot of teams would have been spooked by that, right? Oh my God, we were winning and now we're now it's tied and oh my God, now we're headed overtime. Mm-hmm. What do we have to do, you know, to to win this game? Nope, right in overtime, uh, they 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 win and they take game one and and all's right in their world. And I was just so impressed start to finish with their overall effort and. You know, that was sort of the fear was, are they going to get in their heads a little bit here? But yeah. they haven't all playoffs. And that's kind of been the difference between this year and years past. Yeah, we, we talked about it in our in our lead up, you know, previewing the the, the series earlier this week. You know, they they they've they haven't really faced too much adversity um, in, in the in the three series as uh, previously before getting to the cup final. But they haven't faced that much adversity because they've just been able to steamroll teams. Um, you know, sweeping Nashville and and, and sweeping Edmonton. Um, so I, I think it's 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 a lot. A lot of it is now not a not a lack of facing adversity, but a but just an abundance of belief that hey, we're just some badass, you know, badass uh, badass team, and and we can we can handle anything thrown at us, and and not needing to you know, have to overcome something just knowing like, Hey, we can stop, we could stop something from, from getting to that point where we need to overcome it. And um, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's a loaded call. It's a loaded Colorado team, a loaded Tampa team. Um, but I think it's a Colorado team that truly believes this is their time. It just goes to show you the depth of the two teams. We've talked about all the, the superstars that the, both these lineups have. And it's, it's Burakovsky with the game winner in overtime. You know, just his second goal of postseason. He had a pretty good regular season. Uh, he, he's no slouch, but he's not the McKinnons or the McCars or the Stamkos, you know, one of the superstars. So that just goes to show you, and that's why as I said earlier, there's going to be a different hero every night because these two teams are so deep and so they do so well. Um, but I was watching the game last night with uh, with my better half and Mikhail Sergachev, who's scored a goal in this game, uh, had, has had some big goals in the last couple of games. Soon as he tried to make that pass up the middle of the ice, I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then five seconds later, the game is over. It's like my guy, never, ever, ever go up the middle unless you've got somebody there. Especially in overtime of a Stanley Cup Final game, it was like one of the like obviously the dumbest play of of the game, but uncharacteristically of these two teams, yeah. they don't make a lot of mistakes, yeah. and there it was. The mistake and Colorado, like championship teams will do, when you make a mistake like that, they kill you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just when that play unfolded and he had it right in between the dots and he decides to pass up the middle of the ice, I was like, no, anywhere <laughs> but there. Yeah. And then sure enough, five seconds later, game's over. And it was kind of perfect that that picture Lawrence had on the screen. There's Sergachev. Yeah, uh, in the foreground, yeah. going, yeah, I probably shouldn't have made. Yep, there he is. Uh, whatever, whatever, however you say, <laughs> I shouldn't have passed it up the effing middle. And Russian is that's what he's thinking to himself right there. We saw Braden Point make a uh, uncharacteristic mistake too. I think it was the was it the Landeskog goal? Uh, I think that that's the one where he sort of uh, half-assed a pass and it got picked off and led to a rush the other way. Um, that's not, not something you typically see from Tampa. And the other thing that surprised me, and you know, I I think that. The five on three penalty to McCarr was kind of a eh, he went down a little bit easily. I could see why John. I think he Cooper might have been was, offside. 
Like the place might have been able to have been blown before yeah. that even. And yes, he did go down. Oh, there's a stick on my foot. I better fall on my face. But yeah. that's part of the game. But it's rare to see John Cooper blow his yeah. top like that. And there were a few moments last night where he was losing his cool. And I think you have to wonder. And look, we're probably making way too much of uh, of one game. But we only, it's all we have to go off. Like, I wonder if the Tampa <laughs> players look back and see like, oh, my God, like Coop is losing, losing his mind here. Is he is he worried? He seems worried. <laughs> you know, like, that's something yeah. they're not used to seeing. But but apparently they weren't that worried because they were down three one when he lost his cool after that penalty. Yeah, and they came back and tied the game in the second period. So obviously, maybe that's something that actually has the exact opposite effect on that team because he's usually so calm and nothing phases him. And when they see him get fired up, they're like, yeah. oh, we need to do something in a hurry here because this is not normal." Yeah, yeah it, work, it, it works as it works as like an activator. Yeah, I mean, J- Joe Quinville yelling at the refs was nothing new. That wasn't going to get anybody, you know, <laughs> when he when when a penalty happened against you and he didn't grab his nuts until the ref. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a then you're like, hey, what's going on here? He's but, not grabbing you know, his nuts. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god, we're screwed. <laughs> we're <in trouble. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was an awesome game one. I can't wait to see what the rest of the series brings. It's going to be. Uh, fantastic and uh, boy, it's the abs are so fun. Not, I mean, Tampa, obviously, great, great, great team, but Colorado is just so freaking fun to watch. And yeah. the, the atmosphere there was unreal. Just, I mean, oh, yeah, and oh, yeah. Speaking of atmosphere, I thought I, I thought I'd try and find the video of from the DNVR bar. I'm gonna see if we could share that right now. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, Let's see if I could do that. Uh, open no, I don't want to do that. Oh, we'd like to record. I gotta open the system process preferences. Oh boy, uh, nah. yeah, more, more live production for oh, right here. You're gonna uh, major ridiculous. peaks behind the this curtain today. But while Lawrence is doing that, I made an observation yeah. last night that I wanted to share because I thought it was kind of made too much sense and kind of funny. I know Ball <laughs> has got the naming rights uh, of um, the arena there, and I'm assuming that's the Ball Jar Company. Yes. Um, so their ball as opposed arena. to just balls. What do you? What well, is? You know, yeah. that's 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 the manscaped um, naming rights. Um, <laughs> manscaped arena. But why don't they do a deal with the Rockies and naming right Coors Field and and turn it into the ballpark? That just makes so much ah, more sense. So much better. It's good. The Rockies play like at the them. ballpark. I mean, it's just it's right there. But I, I guess that Coors, sweet Coors money is is too hard. And then when yeah. when Manscaped jumped in, it's the smooth ballpark. <laughs> yes. Wow. The, well, I don't know. This has gone off the rails right? real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I seem to make this work, which is very sad. Why uh, we'll go to DNVR Sports on Twitter if you want DN, to check that yeah, out and DNVR follow Sports. them while you're there. It's there. They got all the Denver area. Oh, wait, sports. is it working? Oh, oh, oh. Ah, oh there stuff. we go. Okay, hold Screen on. Share. Okay, here we go. Now we're gonna hit play. And this is like waiting Distress. for the goal, waiting for the goal, waiting for the goal. And the goal. Yeah, I mean, you love remember that. those days? Those were fun. Yeah, looks like West End to me. Yeah, looks like almost any bar in Chicago, circa <laughs> yes. 2013, 2015. Yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Enjoy it's, it. That's all I gotta say. I said it yesterday. Good stuff. All yeah. you, all you guys in 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 Denver, all you guys in Tampa, enjoy this because there's gonna be, you know, days where you're gonna be like us, and scenes like this are gonna make <laughs> you sad because you used to have it and now it's gone. So, you know, I hope a lot of those people there at the DNVR bar took a moment and to kind of like soak that all in, and and those are the things you take away as a fan 
I think, uh, you know, with us spending so much time behind the curtain now, and it's our quote unquote job to cover this sport, to cover <laughs> certain teams. job. Right. I mean, I mean, it's not yeah. really a job, but you know, they pay us. So I guess technically, but you, when you spend more time behind the curtain, you kind of lose that, that rabid fandom, uh, you know, kind of, you totally do. And, but those yeah, are the things different. that, those are the things I take away from those cup runs. It's not the goals. It's not the games itself. It's where I was and who I was with yep. when certain goals were scored. And those are the things you remember for the rest of your life. So soak mm-hmm. it in Denver, soak it in Tampa, Tampa. You've had a couple years of this coming from a, a, a fan of a team that we thought this was never going to end. <laughs> enjoy end. regardless, win or lose this series. Enjoy it. Cause you don't know if or when it's going to happen again. Eventually, the salary cap comes for you. Soak up that malort too while you're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Soak that, that up. It, it might be all soaked up after. I think, last I think we need it. We, we messed up a little bit. We should have sent them a case to old style too so they could do the proper Chicago yeah. handshake. And I kind of, I mean, well, they I, could all have horrible diarrhea this morning. <laughs> Not yeah. just me. I, Wait, what? I guess. <laughs> I guess I thought. I thought maybe old style would be available out there. I don't know what their distribution rights are. Maybe know. not. Maybe not. But I. No I knew idea. they didn't have Malort, and I knew that was something we had to give. Old them. style well, feels like it, even though it's like seems like it's readily available. It seems yeah, like right. it's more it's of just a Midwest read, readily yeah. available yeah. thing. I don't know if there's well, a lot of demand for it anywhere else. They could tweak it and uh, is there that much demand for it here, though? <laughs> I like old style. Old style to me is one of the few beers that's better in a can. And um, yeah, yeah. if your if your uncle is an old Cubs fan, chances are he likes old well, style. My grandfather, Most, my, my grandfather. grandfather you know, I think old style. Now it wasn't my first beer I ever tasted from my grandpa. That would have been a Mount, a Meister Brow. That was his beer Ooh, choice. Nice. Yeah. In the uh, bottle with the blue label and the lion on it. That's there what I go. remember. But there was always an old style around somewhere. Um, you know, I, I for 2016 Cubs World Series Game Seven, I drank nothing but old style all day. Um, and that was the last time. <laughs> that was a long day. I huh? did that. I was required. Day. I was required to sleep in the basement that night, and rightfully so. <laughs> I had an old style in the basement of this building uh, during the tornado that rolled through here, or t- oh, tornado yeah. warning. Well, yeah, hey. had a tall boy. That means you we have some in the fridge. You got to get through it. Well, we had. We had some. I don't know if we drank all of it that night, but uh, there was some. Yeah, we had the tall desperate boys. Times call for desperate yeah, measures. Yeah, exactly. Tornado well, they, coming. Drink the old they, style. They came down the elevator because Sean and Herb, our Sox guys, uh, they decided they didn't care about their lives at all, so they stayed up here to watch the game. And so the rest of us. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they went on the roof. <laughs> so like, they weren't even on the air. No, they were just watching like the second inning of the Tigers Sox game, and they're like, "Yeah, we're fine." Where it's oh no God, big deal. No, there's never going to be there's, a tornado here. There's always. I mean, the sirens were nuts. Like they were everywhere. They're yeah, the uh, creepiest sounding sirens too. If you if you don't know yeah. the sound of the Chicago tornado siren, Google it. Uh, we were it, there. We ha- hope and I had it happen to us once. Remember the Cubs Astros game? I can't can't even guess what year this was. Oh, but there was I a know. lightning strike, and Lance Berkman tore off his jewelry and threw it on the ground. We were at that game and then left yeah. because obviously it was not going to happen again. Uh, and we got we were on Columbus Drive, like Columbus in uh, Belbo, and the rain was so st- so thick we had to stop on Columbus. And you just heard those terrifying 
tornado sirens. They are very off-putting. No thanks. Yes. Yeah, it's, I live my my house is and then Chucko Mucko. Thank you for the correction. Yeah. With Low and Brown, not Meister Brown. I got my brows wrong. I apologize. <laughs> you are one hundred percent correct. Low and Brown was. I, uh, I like Chucko Mucko's uh, little avatar there. What is that like? Is that, Guy Fieri, that, but an ice cube, uh, different guy. Guy Fieri. It, it looks like it looks like Guy Fieri as Commander Riker from Star Trek: The Next <laughs> Generation. Might be what it is. It looks like Bam Bam Bigelow's shirt yes. too, as well. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but uh, maybe we need to get maybe we need to get Chucko Mucko on the show just to explain his avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. All right, well, let's remind everybody. I know we're having a good time on this show, and I know you're having a good time supporting us here at CHGO. It's great to see all the familiar names and faces, and a, a bunch of new ones lately. In the chat, I wonder why. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit, and you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our free web content, including this morning's player evaluations, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, including live NBA same-game parlay. You can build your perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet, just in time for what remains of the NBA Finals. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And remember, online sign-up is available now in Illinois, so get out your phone, Download that PointsBet app, and you can register your, your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Game six of the finals tonight with the uh, the Warriors up three games to two. So it, tonight could be your last opportunity to bet on the, uh, the NBA finals there with PointsBet. But if you're looking for something that uh, doesn't have uh, uh, won't, won't be ending tonight. Get yourself some, uh, some athletic greens with their AG one product. I know, uh, if you're having some old style tonight, watching the game, uh, it would be good to start your day tomorrow with some athletic greens and just kind of get your gut back in, uh, back in, 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 in order. Uh, it is formulated AG one formulated to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system and give you more natural energy. And just one scoop of it, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And if you eat different uh, dietary restrictions or different different ways like that, like keto or vegan or dairy free, Whatever it is with AG1, you are good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life no matter how busy you might be. It's just a small once-a-day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, all you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I've been given homework, and I'm glad you reminded us about Athletic Greens, Mario. My uh -oh. wife reminded me um, that I have not mentioned <laughs> her taking Athletic Greens enough lately. and yeah. want to reiterate how much it has helped her gut issues. She takes 
like you said, one scoop every morning and has just her stomach issues have been pretty much non-existent after maybe like the first week or so of using athletic green. So it's definitely making a difference, Uh, you know, especially like in the summer where no one's really eating as healthy as usual. You know, you're out at places, you're where it's softball games or birthday parties or just grabbing something on the run instead of making food at home. That little edge you get from Athletic Greens is huge, and uh, and my wife loves it. I, I take it too. I'm just really bad at anything healthy. <laughs> I just like to, I just suck at it, and it's bad for my brand to be honest. Um, so, but she she loves it. She loves the Athletic Greens. Uh, so there you go. I got it in there, and, and make sure I want to remind people that that is still happening, and she is loving it. There you, you and go. Peck, you and Peck are just like it's your brands. You can't you can't even think about these things. Well, but, uh, my other my other business, the I'm Fat Podcast, would go out yeah. of business if I got too healthy. I'm thin. The I'm thin. Podcast. Rick Camp is already thinking about booting me because I've dropped under 250. Ooh. So oh. yeah, he's, yeah, there's a requirement. <laughs> well, hey, we have a hey. pre-show weigh-in. <laughs> yeah, so it's Quick, just like eat boxing, these Krispy yeah. Kremes. You got to gain two pounds. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, in honor of Throwback Thursday, here you go. This is for you guys. Oh, there's the man. Lone Brothers. Hey. Man, that no, looks delicious. That is uh, a label. Does anyone does still do the foil The foil on the cap in terms of uh, beer? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, St. Pauli? Doesn't Stella do that? Stella, Stella has a, I don't know if it's foil necessarily, but they do. Modelo. Modelo in bottles. Oh, yeah, Modelo. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, Stella Modelo. does. The only reason I know Stella is because Stella has a uh, 0.0 NA beer that has it on there. So I always have oh, to nice. peel is away. That, is just it, to is get it to they Stello? Have... Stello. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. That's why. Why you're not in marketing, Lawrence? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I know. You know. You, you had Strava, Java. Now you got Stello. Yeah. It's, right. Hey, I'm we here. Came I'm up here with for the all the brands. Park. I'm you here know, for every we, brand. We're in the wrong industry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we're, it, we're, we're idea makers here. It is Throwback Thursday, and it is Steve Larmer's birthday, and. I'm very surprised that Gramps didn't respond to my tweet to my tweet to him about coming on the show today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's only sent out 32 tweets in the last 12 years. I would have figured he would have answered. <laughs> he doesn't have the notifications turned on. Come on, Steve. <laughs> anyway, we'd love any time. The open invite for actually open invite for any current or former Blackhawk at any time. There, absolutely. <laughs> like if John Eves Larue wants to come on the show or Ryan Vandenbush is bored, we'll pick up the phone. There it's you fine. Go. Hey. I got, we got nothing but time for Antown Bobchuk. Oh, yeah. Girl number six. There you First go. Round I think pick. 33 for a while, too. Karpatsov? No, not him. Ooh, he's he's sure. also dead, so that's not going to Yeah, happen. I was going to say, uh, that's a Pretty different fun. podcast. If we try One get, of my all-time bad hockey takes. Uh, I mentioned when we did the 2010 recap, remembering my friends in Section 329, one of my good friends, Wendy, and I, we like were dibbing on Blackhawks defensive prospects. I called dibs on Anton Babchuk. She called dibs on Duncan Keith. <laughs> Maybe she should be hosting hey, the show. Let's let it play out, okay? There's still <laughs> some time here. Us. We don't know. We can't call it just yet. We can't call hey, it for they, Wendy can, just Can yet. you count KHL stats? Does that count See? towards the overall file? I hope to God. Yeah, yes. there you go. There you go. As, uh, as, as Jay says in, in the chat, Steve Pops. That's me, gotta yeah. get, gotta, I know we yeah. tried to. I know. He, I know you tried to find that jersey, and it was. Uh, it was ruined. But yep. it. Uh, well, yeah. The only reason. The only reason I brought up Anton Babchuk is because I put the finishing touches on my this week of Black Hawk and Blackhawks history column that's going to be coming out later this afternoon. And Babchuk and Keith were actually drafted in back to back rounds in 2002 by Mike Smith. Uh, you can read that about and learn about the 2002 and 2003 drafts. 
that Mike Smith was a part of. And uh, those those drafts included Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Corey Crawford, Dustin Bufflin. Not too shabby. Adam Bursch. Decent drafts. Yeah, I mean, my, I, as I said, I've always said Mike Smith does. You can, people argue was it Dale Talent or he who shall not be named that get deserves the most credit for those championship teams. Mike Smith deserves quite a bit of, of credit too. Yep, all three of them. He was weird, very weird, yes. and wasn't here for that long. But he made a heck of a few draft picks that the, those cups never would have happened without a few of the picks he made. No doubt. Um, all right, Greg, th- Throwback all Thursday right. is your baby, so birth it. Well, speaking of births, we are talking about Steve Larmer today because today, 61 years ago today, the world welcomed Steve Larmer in Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, Larmer is one of my favorite players of all time. How he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame blows my mind. I mean, there's there's a list of guys that I don't know why they're not in, and he's on the top of that list. Uh, another guy I can't believe is not in is another former black guy, Bernie Nichols. How is Bernie Nichols not in the Hall of Fame? Look at his numbers. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous weird. numbers over a long period of time. I mean, maybe he looks too much like Nicolas Cage and that's a rule. I don't know. <laughs> um, and Tom Barrasso is another guy. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? If you're going to let Grant Fuhrer in the Hall of Fame, you got to let Tom Barrasso in. I mean, Fuhrer's numbers were worse than Bar- Barrasso, but he got to play on those Oilers teams. So that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't Bar- wasn't Barrasso the uh, the goalie for the Penguins in the yeah those two back-to-back those back-to-back cup? back-to-back cups yeah well there yeah. you go he's got cups yeah right and and yeah. better numbers but uh, speaking of really good numbers Steve Larmer uh, you know he had a pretty good junior career up in Ontario play, playing for his hometown Peterborough Pete's before they were officially in the Ontario Hockey League and then he uh, moved on to the Niagara Falls Flyers in the OHL. Um, his uh, draft season, he put up 45 goals and 114 points in 67 games and then followed that up with 55 goals and 133 points in 61 games. His last year in juniors. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. And, um, you know, for he also averaged well over a point per game in, in the postseason. Uh, so the Blackhawks drafted him. This might be one of the one of the best drafts and probably the best draft pick this franchise ever made, as far as value. Uh, he was drafted in the sixth round of the 1980 entry entry draft, 120th overall. With today, that would be a fourth round pick, which is still ridiculous to think a player like him oh yeah, on the fourth they had fewer round. teams yeah. Right. So, uh, um, but 120th overall, but this is the draft and I wrote about it in last week's this week in Blackhawks history column, another shameless plug that you can get access to when you become a member of CHGO. The 1980 draft class featured Dennis Savard in the first round, Troy Murray in the fourth round, and Steve Larmer in the third round. That's a pretty darn good draft class right there. Pretty good. Two Hall of Famers in one draft. Two-thirds of what would would become the the party line, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So Larmer drafted in the sixth round in 1980, uh, played four games in the 80-81 season for the Blackhawks, three more the following year, but – 81-82, 81-82, he pretty much spent the entire season in the AHL for the New Brunswick Hawks. There's a blast from the past. Uh, in his eighty, in his lone AHL season, he scored 38 goals and 82 points in 74 games. So, I mean, wherever he went, he scored. And then 1982-83, opening night, 
He was in the raw. He was on, you know, the opening night lineup for that game for that season, and then he never came out of the Blackhawks lineup again uh, until it was his own doing. Playing in 891 consecutive games for the Blackhawks during the 19 freaking 80s, when it was literally legal to Paul Bunyan someone's handoff with your wooden <laughs> stick and not even get a penalty. I mean, this dude was a warrior. Uh, 81, 80, or the 82, 83 season, he was the Calder Trophy winner for being the league's top rookie. And why did he do that? Well, he scored 43 goals and 90 points and was a plus 44 in his rookie season. Uh, it took sh- shot at 22%. Uh, those are Brandon Hagel type numbers. He shot at 22%. For the season and people are like, you know, somebody does that today and you're like, well, that's not sustainable. Well, it kind of sort of was because he shot 16 percent for his career with the Blackhawks. Uh, The lowest shooting percentage he ever had in a Blackhawk uniform was 89.90 when he had 11.7 shooting percentage and still scored 31 goals. Crazy. um the Hall of Fame thing is is the is the big hook here with Larmer. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm talking about players is you go to hockeyreference.com and look at the similarity scores. Okay. So I love that tool. Yeah. So looking at the similarity scores here for his career, uh Rod Gilbert, Hall of Fame, Joe Mullen, Hall of Fame, Peter Sakura, Thomas Vanek, Daryl Sittler, Hall of Fame, Dino Cicerelli, Hall of Fame, Blake Wheeler, D- D- Vincent Donfus, Yvonne Cornier, Cornwier, and Brad Richards. Those are the similarity. Scores for his career uh, through 15 years. Uh, Joe Mullen, Hall of Fame. Cicerelli, Domfus, Andrew Ullman, Francis, Hall of Fame. Sakura, Arnett, Bergeron, and Tangay. These are these are Hall of Famers or borderline Hall of Famers in every basic category here. It mm-hmm. is very strange. And one thing that stands out to me is, as we're doing shameless plugs, I wrote about Steve Larmer in my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, available wherever you buy fine books. Um this was kind of the purpose of the of the chapter on Larmer's. What the hell? All you can find is people around hockey saying it is complete BS that Steve Larmer is not in the Hall of Fame. When Pat Foley was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he used his speech to stump for Steve Larmer. Quote, I've been fortunate enough to call Blackhawks hockey for over a third of the games they've ever played, and I've never seen a better two-way player come through there. When Steve Larmer left Chicago and went to New York, it was no coincidence that shortly thereafter, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. And who was on the ice in the final minute of Game 7 trying to protect a one-goal lead? Steve Larmer. He would be a worthy recipient of the Hall of Fame induction. Uh, it's just It just goes on and on. Uh, Dennis Savard. When I left Chicago for Montreal for the rest of my career, I was never the same player. I miss Larmer more than he missed me. Troy Murray, Steve Larmer was probably one of the most underrated players in his day in the NHL. Eddie Olchek, he was so smooth. He picked up the puck off the boards better than any player I've ever seen. It goes on and on and on of other people praising Steve Larmer. And this is just like a three-page chapter. When the greats are telling you this guy is one of the greats, believe them. These Mm. are the people in the Hall of Fame that... Like, they want to protect that, right? They don't want that legacy tarnished. Like, I don't want to make this a Cubs or Sox thing, but, like, when Harold Baines got in, a lot of people saw that as, like, a lessening of the Hall of Fame. Like, he was too borderline, and it wasn't, like, a sure thing. Most Hall of Famers want to protect that legacy. You've got Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer saying, Steve Larmer deserves to be be here with us, and it's a crime that he's not. 
Sure That's is. all I need to know, yeah. man. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, this guy had the third when he when he retired he or uh, when his streak was snapped at 891 games. It was the third longest consecutive game streak in NHL history. Uh, he's been passed up by a couple people since then, but, but uh, even he. Still. And but he played 891 consecutive games during the entire decade of the 80s and early 90s, a different type of game, and he averaged well over a point per game while doing it. So it wasn't that he was just playing every night for a really long time, he was doing it and producing over a point per game every time. And he was a great two way player, too. I mean, he never won a Selkie, I don't think he got nearly the recognition he should have for his defensive play as well. But you mentioned Dennis Savard and his his quote about that. <clears throat> Larmer and Savard were line mates for a lot of the 80s. They formed what they called uh, the party line. <clears throat> and it was Larmer, Savard, and Al Secord. I mean, if that's not your perfect hockey line, I mean, that line had everything you could want. I mean, you had the skill and the speed and the finesse with Dennis Savard. You had, uh, you had the guy like Larmer who will – do the hard work and play the defense and score some goals. And you had Al Secord who will score 50 goals on you while punching you in the face at the same time. Like it was, it was amazing that Savard had a great run. That first run with the Blackhawks was so amazing because who's going to mess with Dennis Savard when you've got Steve Larmer and Al Secord around him. I mean, it's just, he's untouchable. First of all, you couldn't get to him if you wanted to mess with him. If you did, Al Secord was going to rip your, your, your face right off, right off of you. So uh, an amazing run for Larmer here. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it, it, I think with Larmer and that line and those Hawks teams of the 80s, it was just a case of wrong place, wrong time. Because unfortunately, you had to deal with Wayne always, Gretzky. Always and, ran into Edmonton. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and, you know, it was just wrong place, wrong time. Uh, it, it was hard to overcome that team. No, but not many people did. And uh, it seemed that every year their d- d- season ended with disappointment as Wayne Gretzky skated on to the next yeah. round. I mean, there's no shame losing to those teams. Uh, pretty much right. everybody did for about an eight year period. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but the, you know, it was just an amazing time for the Hawks, uh, and it carried on. It was like he had that great run on the party line, and then later in his Blackhawks career, it was him and Ronick were like the duo for a while. I know in NHL 94 on Sega Genesis, man, you never <laughs> lost with Ronick and Larmer, 27 and 28, my friends. Well, it's a good point because part of it, too, is his personality was such that he was never – uh, you know, one for the cameras. Uh, obviously, Jeremy Roenick was absolutely. Uh, Dennis really? Savard was always gregarious and and good with the media, and and Larmer was always the second fiddle or third fiddle on the team he was on. And look, like I wonder if you know when when history looks at, uh, I think Nicholas Jalmerson's a really good example of that, right? Like, uh, I think there was one of the stats dudes did something like Nicholas Jalmerson is the best pure defender of his era. He's not even. Was Jay Fresh did that? Yeah, and there's not even like a. He'll never be considered for the Hall of Fame because he was like the fifth or sixth guy on the Blackhawks. That's not fair, <laughs> you know. Right, like if you're yeah. on a great team, and I think you know Corey Crawford will probably see a bit of that too. Like, well, he's just a he's just a product of the team. Like, yeah, no. Whenever playing playing with superstars, when superstars play with other superstars for an extended period of time, it almost becomes a detriment to them. Like, like 
even even now with like McDavid and Drysaddle playing together, you almost kind of like like the the MVP discussion becomes like, well, they're playing, you know, McDavid plays with Drysaddle, Drysaddle uh, plays with McDavid, so of course neither one of them can be MVP too many too many times in a row or whatever it is. But it's just like when you when you get overshadowed, you still can't diminish what that player brought to the table. What you know, even though Jalmerson played behind Keith and Seabrook, like he like the Blackhawks probably don't win three in six years without him no, playing no the way. role that he did. And no and the Blackhawks, you know, the Blackhawks of the of the eighties and nineties don't have the success that they do without Larmer playing the role that he did. And and it's to to, to the point of you know current hall of famers saying that this guy should be in the hall of fame was a hall of fame talent. Like, you know, I, I don't know the exact off the top of my head, the exact um, voting system that the NHL has. I don't, I don't, if there's a hall of fame committee, I don't think it's, it's not like baseball, right. Where it's all the writers and they have a vote. I don't know. Hopefully yeah, I someday I will. It's not as transparent. <laughs> yeah. It's not as trans. If it's not, if it is, it's not as transparent as baseball seems to be, but yeah, it, it just seems like it's it's a huge omission. And even scaling it down, not even from the Hall of Fame, within the Blackhawks fan community, the calls to be like, hey, give Larmer some recognition and, and retire 28, like that has been going on for, for years. And it seems like one of the, one of the, you know, scaling it down from the Hall of Fame, that seems like an easy task to be like, uh, yeah, we should, they should probably do that. Like we don't need to see, uh, anyone else wearing 28 because Larmer was probably the, probably the best that will ever wear it. Yeah, and I, has. I think, and I, I don't disagree with you, um, but I also think there are other Hawks of that era that also have an argument and like, you know, seven should be retired. It should be double retired. It like, will be. Like number three is. Um, I look like I know there's a lot of bad blood with Jeremy Roenick and he's rubbed people the wrong way, and he has disappointed me hugely in his post-playing career. But that guy was the face of the organization for a decade, right? Like, yeah. th- and he is a guy that is still talked about as a hockey player from guys my age and Greg's age, and, and you know, like that was the dude that got us into hockey. You still and, see twenty-seven yes. Ronick jerseys all over the United Center, and anytime yeah. I see a game there in, in over twenty years, and I love Lucas Reichel. I love Johnny Oduya, but anytime <laughs> I see, anytime I see someone in twenty seven, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I'm yes. the same way with twenty eight. You know, yeah, take it off. But even take, like, take it off, Henry Jokey Haru. How dare you? Well, Ben Smith. Look, no, number. <laughs> well, 30. he's okay. I'll 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 allow Ben Smith. That's it. Eddie yeah. Belfour is an all time great. Yeah, but then how do you retire Belfour without retiring Crawford? Like it just go that. See, that's the dilemma that the team faces. Is like yeah. once we open the floodgates. Like, how can we retire Larmer and not Ronick? Well, then how can we right. retire Ronick and not Belfour? Well, then how can we do Belfour and not... They'll become the Montreal Canadiens when, like, you can only wear numbers 50 and above. The answer you here know, is... In this case, 51 and above. It's time for a ring of honor. There needs to be yeah. a ring of Don't honor. Don't retire numbers, but, but put their names up there and honor would be, their legacies. That yeah. would be nice, yeah. Yep. I would, yeah I'd, be, I'd be down for there, that. There's the party line. Look at those. That, look at those hey, oh, hair. That picture. <laughs> we got Larmer to the left. That's our buddy Al Secord in the middle. And, of course, Savvy. They uh, got him to put down the cigarettes long enough to take a picture. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this only, go to the YouTube video and fast forward about the 46 minute mark. This remains one of my favorite hockey photos ever. It's yeah. a great picture. It's just awesome. It's just such a great photo, and all these guys look like babies. 
yet somehow still look <laughs> older than us because it's the 80s. And if you, and if, you if these yeah. guys were standing there just wearing regular like polo shirts and you showed it to somebody today, you would have no idea. And you said, what do these three guys do for a living? Nobody would say professional hockey. What, yeah, say what golf outing is this from? Yeah, they'd be like, oh, I guess I know where to go when I need to buy a 1987 Honda Accord. <laughs> I just like that they're in front of a green screen and we could probably put them in front of anything we want. Oh, yeah, Hi. that's true. We're in Delaware. <laughs> I always uh, think of that. Great, great for, reference. For uh, green screen, I always yeah. think of Delaware. <laughs> the, uh, other, the other thing to point Al out, too. Al Secord, by the way, fun tidbit, Al Secord, I, uh, a professional airline pilot. Yep. That was his post oh, yeah, He was flying right. planes for, I believe, it was it United or American? Uh, I think it was American. Is he still? I don't know if he's still, but he was up until at least a couple of years ago because anytime uh, I would get on a plane, I always try and peek in the cockpit to see if L.C. Cord was flying. <laughs> I, that was one of my life goals. I want L.C. Cord to fly me yeah, somewhere. Maybe he has, flight. and I just didn't know, but yeah. that would have been a thrill. Like, holy crap, L.C. Cord just flew me to wherever. American Airlines, according to my book. American, yes, I know. I, I didn't go. think it was United because that would have been way too convenient to tie in with the Blackhawks there. Of course, um, of course. But uh, you know, Larmer, that game, yeah. that game streak, that was important to him, but it wasn't important enough because it was his doing that that ended that game streak at 100 and, and or 891. Um, because after the 20 or the 1993-94 se- or sorry, 92-93 season. Uh, Larmer had kind of had enough. Um, they, 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 they had Mike Keenan was, was gone after getting them to the Stanley cup final and it was replaced with Daryl Sutter a year later. They significantly altered the roster and Larmer was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, he knew that he, it, his time to win a Stanley cup was nearing an end and he just saw the writing on the wall and said, it's not going to happen here with the Blackhawks. And he actually, he, he, this is the quote directly from Larmer from a 2017 uh, story on him on the NHLPA website. He says, I have, I have no regrets. You can't live like that. I do the same things all over again. The team was going in a different direction, and I was one of the last guys there from a different era. It wasn't a rebuild, but I felt like the team was stuck in neutral. Uh, and then he requested a trade, which the Hawks didn't do right away. And he missed the first 13 games of the season uh, in the 93-94 season, causing that Ironman streak to go away. It wasn't because he got hurt or he was bad and was scratched. It was because he wanted to get the hell out of Chicago because he wanted to go win a Stanley Cup. Yep. Uh, and then on uh, November 2nd, 1993, a day that broke my 14-year-old heart because uh, Steve Larmer was traded. Finally, uh, he was actually traded from the Blackhawks to the Hartford Whalers with Brian Marchment for Patrick Poulin and Eric Weinrich, Ugh. both fine players. I hated Poulin. I hated Patrick Poulin <laughs> with a passion because he was the guy we gave Steve Larmer for. I'm sure he's a great guy. As I've said before, oh, to Jim Cornette. I'm sure he uses his left and right turn indicators. But I am, I was irrationally hateful of him because he was traded for my favorite player of all time. Uh, he, I think Larmer remained a Hartford Whaler legend for all of two minutes because then he was quickly <laughs> traded with a sixth-round pick 
Nick Kiprios and Barry Richter. I wonder if he was any relation to Mike to the Rangers for James Patrick and Darren Turcott. That's a pretty good deal for the Rangers. Uh, getting Steve Larmer for the remainder of that 93-94 season. He they put uh the A on his sweater right away. And in 68 games at 32 years old, scores 21 goals and 60 points for that Rangers team. Uh, did that Rangers team do anything? I don't I don't remember. Oh, yeah, they won their first mm. Stanley Cup in 54 years. In 23 playoff games that, that spring, he had nine goals and 16 points, and he got to raise the Stanley Cup. I mean, I love Steve. I've said it before. I've loved Steve Larmer so much. I rooted for the Rangers that entire postseason and wow. that never happens, but I wanted Larmer to win a Stanley cup so bad. And he did. And I was so happy for him. Eddie Olchek was on that team as well. Um, even though Mike Keenan didn't like to play him much in the playoffs, but that was Mike Keenan. Uh, Larmer returned for one final season with the, uh, the Rangers played 47 games in the 94, 95. That was the lockout shortened season, but he still put up 14 goals and 29 points. The fun fact, uh, for that season that I love about Steve Larmer is he scored his 1000th career point that season playing in his 1000th career game. So absolutely like, 1,000 and 1,000. That's an awesome stat. I love stuff sports for that, those types of fun stats. But Steve nice, Harper, nice and clean. Yeah. yeah point <laughs> per game, a point per game, literal point per game average through 1,000 career NHL games. It's amazing. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Screw you, Hockey Hall of Fame. By the way, I want to go back to something you said about how the Hawks were stuck in neutral. And that's how Steve Larmer said it. So for younger Hawks fans, I think for a lot of them, there's the Kane and Taves era. And then for them, the time before, the Hawks sucked. And that's mm -hmm. like kind of their concept of hockey. That's not true. The Hawks were really, really good for a well, they make the playoffs like 35 straight seasons. And I know it was the NHL back then when it was a lot easier to make the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. But the Hawks were always a piece or two away from a cup. And Bill Wirtz refused to right. spend the money to bring yeah, in the he, extra. He piece. was happy getting the extra gate from the first round playoff. And if they got beyond that, it was gravy, but he wouldn't. Yeah. He was happy just getting there every year. And that was the frustration was you had Ronick and Chelios and Suter and Larmer and all. And you're like, they're right there. They're trade for somebody, sign somebody, bring in somebody big. And, and you'll, you'll get over the top. Like you got Belfour and goal in the prime of his career. You've got depth players all over the place, but they refused to make that one last move or two that would get them over the top. And that's what was the frustration with Bill Wirtz. And then it was, well, I've got these great players who have gotten me this far, and now I'm not going to pay them, and I'm going to treat them like shit, and then I'm eventually going to trade them for nothing, and now the organization yeah. is tanked, and that's what happened. You trade Ronick, you get back uh, Alexei Zhamanov, who is a fine player, but he's a number two center, right? And Ty Jones, yeah. who didn't amount to anything. You trade Tony Amani for, I don't even remember what they got back for Amani. Uh, Chelios, you got Anders Eriksson, who was a guy, like a... I don't know. It would be like trading him for Calvin DeHaan, if even that. No, 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 no. Not no, even that, right? I, no, trading. If you were to trade for today's Andre Erickson, you would be getting Nikita Zadorov. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's a good way to put it. Because Calvin um, DeHaan was way better than Andre Erickson ever was. <laughs> Eddie Belfort was traded for Michael Sikora and Ulf Dahlin. 
Like Dolan, yes. when you trade big names like this, you're supposed to get young. This is what we're talking about with the Brinkett. You're supposed to yeah. get young players back to rejuvenate your program. The Hawks would just trade for bad old guys just to get the deal done. And that was the frustration. When Steve Larmer says the Hawks were stuck in neutral, that is 100% accurate because they absolutely refused to do the extra steps needed to become a champion. This was before the salary cap. They could have spent a billion dollars on players if they wanted to, but they just didn't. They just Dollar refused to. was the yep. worst. Yep. I hated it. it was I, that's the, what that's The Chelios one was, broke me. Chelios for... Uh, the yeah. one was tough. Yeah, Ronick Ronick was the worst, and then the Chelios one to Detroit just killed me. Ronick hurt me the most. Yeah, all those trades were just awful. And, you know, you couldn't get home games on TV. The majority of the Hawks games you got to watch on TV started at 9 o'clock because they were in Edmonton or Vancouver or L.A., just, I don't know. I mean, how I stuck with this franchise as long as I did was beyond <laughs> me. Um, but, you know, that's why when, when you know, they, they did get that dynasty team going in the 2010s and they were making those moves, you were getting your Brian Campbells, your Marion Hosas, you were getting guys like Johnny Oduya. That's when you were like, oh, that's how you do it. Yes, like, and that, it that's so why, refreshing. That's why for, for longtime Hawks fans, those moves are so shocking. Like, oh, my God, they're signing right. the big free agent two years in a row. Campbell, <laughs> yeah. then Hosa. Oh, my God. It yeah. was unreal. Just, like, if, if you put that team in the 90s for, for the younger fans that weren't that weren't either alive or paying attention in the 90s, it would have been the equivalent of like taking Jonathan Chaves and, and, and trading him for, you know, um, Patrick Marlowe at 35 Ugh, yeah, uh, or would have been taking Patrick Kane and, and trading him for, you know, Alex Kerfoot, you know, who's a nice player, but not Patrick Kane. Like it would have been, you know, God. just that is so terrible. accurate, dude. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> those just, were the trades that would have been made. Yeah. You just pulled the and, best and possible current name to, 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 uh, I literally to just gave that. that was the first name that came to my head. So like it was, that's what it would have been. And it would have been frustrating. And that's how frustrating it was then. Like for me, Alexei Zhamnov is the guy you add to the team with Ronick and Chelios and Belfour to get over the hump. Yeah. You need a really, really good number two center, a playmaker that can make Tony Amani a crap ton of money, which he did. That's what you, you don't trade your best player for that guy. You bring oh him God. in two and that's how you get over the top. And the fact that they got Alexander four, Jeremy Roenick was like a miracle that they actually got a player that good in return. It wasn't worth, it wasn't same level, No, but out of those awful trades, that was the best that one because you actually got a, a pretty darn, like Alex Jamnoff is criminally underrated and I, and I get why, because he was, he was traded for Jeremy Roenick. So he was never, he was brought, he was put in a position to fail from day one, much like Patrick Poulin. And they call him Magic world. Johnson on skates, which wasn't much of a help either for him. He's like, <laughs> but what? I smoked six packs to be a day. That, what are you talking had, about? <laughs> but, but, but he could have been that if he actually had guys that could score to pass to. You can't be a playmaking center when you have no goal scorers on your team. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was just one bad trade after another. And now my Ugh. day is ruined. I feel terrible. <laughs> Mario, yeah. Mario, it started off, started off going so well. I know. Now, now I'm just angry. I'm going to go put holes in my drywall with my and fist. Mario's, <laughs> Mario's like, thank God I didn't live through those times. Those yes. I was, I was on guys. the very periphery of that. I was just like, at that point, Mario, I was just reading box scores in the newspaper. I no wasn't pressure, but I need you to, I need you to. 
I need you to improve my mood and all of our mood and give us something. Make us some money. Win. Yeah. Get, make us some money. You, we, right. We've we've put the 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 pressure of the points bet player of the week on your lap because Jay and I are bad at it. Our so old it's brains. your turn. Well, I'm going so, to uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna try and relax you guys with a nice nice relaxing uh, game of golf. The U.S. Oh. Open uh, U.S. Open starts today. They are uh, out in Massachusetts in Chestnut Hill. The course is called the Country Club. Ah, so, that's original. Thought yeah, so. so that's a good one. So yeah, U.S. Open begins today. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, the odds here for the on, on the leaderboards. Uh, current favorite Rory McIlroy at plus six hundred, but I'm going to go a little bit further down the list here. And, uh, you know, Scotty you know, Scheffler. for the for the amount of golf that uh, that I talk about, you should take this. Uh, you should take this pick as very informed. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at plus twenty eight hundred odds as the outright winner. I'm going with Xander Shoffley. Uh, you just made be... that name up. <laughs> and it's a real person. Hey, he's already down to plus sixteen hundred. He must have started well because. Uh, well, I got this bet. One. I got this bet in early. So it sounds like somebody the Blackhawks are going to draft in the seventh <laughs> round. <laughs> So apologies if his uh, if his odds aren't the same, but I'm still gonna go with Xander Shoffley. That's uh, that's pretty decent odds without picking the favorite. Uh, I it's it's gonna be a pretty good payout, and I do I do love betting on the majors just because it's 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 something that you can watch kind of play out rather than you know oh in in an hour or in 30 minutes or in three hours this bet's gonna be over. I kind of like the 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 long play and and, and seeing what happens with uh, with one of the major golf tournaments. So I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley, outright winner for the U.S. Open, as, well, uh, I, as Lawrence brings up the current odds here. I am going to be covering games one and two of the Calder Cup final starting on Sunday. So I will check with um, Billy Gardner. We had him on the show a few weeks ago. He is a huge golf guy. I will check with him if that is a good bet. And if he gives us the stamp of <laughs> approval, then we know it was a good deal. Well, hey, if if Shoffley's still playing on Saturday, that's half the battle already. So there you we'll, go. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Or wait, does the U.S. Open have? I, I don't know if this is the right crowd to ask. Does he, is the U.S. Open the the tournament that doesn't do cut? No, there's a cut. Uh, there's a cut. Okay, yeah, I'm not, I, yeah. I wasn't sure. There's a major that doesn't do cut. I can't remember which one it was. No, no. You're thinking of the All new right. live golf thing. They they just play three rounds and there's no cut. Uh, I don't know if I'm thinking about that, but yeah, I, anyways, yeah, all the, all the majors have a cut in my world. I cut them out of my viewing. <laughs> Perfect for a Saturday nap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There so, you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's, that'll be the, uh, the pick of the drive. week that will uh, bleed into the weekend. Hopefully. All right. That's our points bet pick of the week. Make sure you uh, sign up on points bet. Uh, use that promo code CHGO when you sign up and you get two risk-free bets up to two grand. We're going to wrap up uh, Throwback Thursday right now. want to thank Lawrence for producing the show and chiming in as always. We always appreciate that. And a reminder, <laughs> most of the time, he's, a reminder, he's our fourth star of the game. <laughs> a reminder about Monday, uh, Turner Sports' Liam McHugh will be a guest on the show. Uh, so join us. Uh, well, we'll be here tomorrow, of course, audio only. But Monday, it's going to be a big show with Liam McHugh. And we'll talk a lot of Stanley Cup and a whole bunch of other stuff with him. So uh, mark your calendars, set those reminders, all those great things. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast apps and on the old YouTubes there and turn those notifications on so you know when we are live. For Greg and Mario and Lawrence, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.